1: What's up everybody, I'm Najee Adams
0: and I'm Hunter Jacobs and you're listening
1: to the Ball Nets Podcast. So, we just want to thank you guys. For listening to the last episode, like we told you, we're on iTunes now, so make sure to go follow us. You can look us up at Hoop-Ball-Nets or just look up Hoop-Ball-Nets. We're reading every review, and speaking of that, we actually happened to get two reviews since the last episode. Uh, so we said we were going to read them, so I'm going to read them. The first one is from Worthy Adventures, and it's entitled Karis Lavert. It's a five-star. If you guys are leaving reviews, please make sure to leave, make them five-star, even if you say something that's not good. Um, he Worthy Adventure said, Super happy to have a Nets-focused podcast to help me with fantasy basketball. Um, thank you, Worthy Adventures. Uh, we don't exactly talk about fantasy, but what we're saying can be translated into fantasy because we're talking about all Nets players and stuff like that. So we understand it, and we thank you. The next one is by bcroom 26 uh she said love to listen oh it was a five star review she said love to listen to these two young guys and they're getting better and better each episode can't wait to see the pod grow i'm just gonna be honest i know who that one is it's my mom thanks mom (laughs) thanks for leaving that review but uh yeah just like my mother and worthy adventures make sure to go leave us a review five stars please and tell us what you think of the podcast on to the next In this episode, we're going to talk about their game against the Sixers and their game against the Suns, both of them being a win. For once,
0: this might be our first episode where they got two wins in two games. It is
1: their first back-to-back win to the season. Uh, They beat the Sixers 122-97. to They basically blew the Sixers out.
0: So, in the Sixers' defense, it was their second night of a back-to-back, but that's really no excuse to lose to the Nets, being that they're the Sixers. But... The Nets had everything going their way. Everything was going their way. The turnovers, shots, everything was falling for the Nets. Everything was going well.
1: Uh, at one point, they had a 27-point lead, and that's in large parts of turnovers. They actually forced 28 <coughs> and uh, compared to their nine. So think about that. The Nets only committed nine turnovers and forced the Sixers to commit 28. Uh, two weeks ago... We would have been saying the opposite about the Nets, but they've toned the turnovers now. The Sixers are actually a horrible road team. They're 0- they are owing—they were 0-5 on the road heading into this one, and they they it's weird because they're 0-5 on the road and 6-0 at home.
0: Yeah, they cannot win unless they're in Philly this year.
1: The Nets are doing an amazing, like I said, they're doing an amazing job lately of limiting, and but also forcing turnovers. But we'll get to that more later in the show. Uh, they stole the ball 11 times, had 27 assists compared to the Sixers' 16, and out-offensive rebounded them 15-9. Well,
0: also, the Nets took 40 more shots than the Sixers in this game. So the fact that they out-offensive rebounded them is the reason they got more shot attempts up and the turnovers. So the score is due to how many shots the Nets took. Their percentages weren't all that far off. It's just the fact that the Nets took so many more shots because of the turnovers and
1: rebounds. It was encouraging to see, like this whole game, this game as a whole was encouraging to see from the Nets because the Sixers are probably the best team that they've beat so far, and uh, they 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 did a good job of fixing all the things that they've been bad at this season, uh, including coming out of the hash coming out of the half sluggish as they outscored the Sixers forty-one to twenty-eight in the third quarter. On to percentages That is
0: their season high for a quarter by the way
1: Yeah, They shot 47.6% from the field And 32.1% from three The Sixers shot 47.7% from the field And 20% from three The Sixers only went 4 of 20 from behind the arc I feel like the Nets did a good job Of putting pressure on the Sixers Superstar pairing of Simmons and Embiid Forcing them to both commit 5 turnovers each And they also forced Embiid into foul trouble So
0: I owe an apology To Jared Allen and you do, too. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Because we, said, we that said he was <laughs> going
0: to get destroyed for 40 points by Embiid. I also said
1: that Markel Fultz was going to light them up, too.
0: And they did a great job on both of them. So we owe an apology to Jared Allen.
1: Ben Simmons had a good game. He had 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists <laughs> to go along with 4 steals on eight of, 8 of 11 shooting in 27 minutes. But like I said, he had 5 turnovers, which was basically the Sixers' main problem.
0: And Embiid... Didn't even get up that many shots. He only took eight shots, but he got 16, 15, and four. So, I mean, limiting the points down to 16 was great. His rebounds were normal, but the Nets did take 40 more shots. So, rebounds were expected.
1: Yeah, it's good for MB because to hold him to 16 is something not a lot of teams have been able to do because he's the league's runner up in points. He's averaging 28.4 points. And he's only behind Steph Curry. So, to to have the second leading scorer in points and hold him to 16 is good for the Nets. J.J. Reddick had a decent game. He had a Reddick game. 15
0: points, 6 of 13, almost 50%. He just couldn't hit a 3. Yeah, he
1: went 1 of 6 from 3, which is basically his main trait. So, for the Nets to hold him to 1 of 6 is actually pretty good. On to the Nets, Joe Harris, reliable, 11 points on 3 of 4, shooting from 3. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, finally... Finally got big minutes. He played 29 minutes compared to Jared Dudley's 14. And
0: uh, that was a team high in minutes. He played the most out of everyone. He actually stayed in the game with the end of the bench players in the last two minutes too. He was the guy that he left
1: in there. So he Jared Dudley only played 14 minutes, which we have been... Asking Kenny Atkinson to do almost every game now. And Rondé Hollis put up 21 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists on 9 of 14 shooting. And had the best game of any Nets player. Jared Allen had 15 points and 10 rebounds to go along with 2 blocks on 5 of 7 shooting in 26 minutes. It was a perfectly
0: efficient game for him. 15 and 10, 5 of 7. It's the games you want from him all year round. Especially against someone like Embiid who was a Defensive Player of the Year nominee last year. To put a fifteen and ten on him is that's perfect.
1: If Jared Allen could average fifteen and ten for the season, I think the Nets would be happy. Like I think
0: they would be a playoff team. Yeah. He could average fifteen and ten the whole season.
1: Karis LeVert had twenty points, five rebounds, and two assists to go along with four steals on eight of twenty shooting in twenty eight minutes.
0: The efficiency's dropping for him a little bit, but he's still putting up twenty points basically every game. The stats are going to be there.
1: Uh, DeAngelo Russell had twenty one point six assists and two rebounds on ten of twenty one shooting, one of six from the three point line in twenty five so, minutes.
0: Karras and Dilo, 41 points, 41 shots.
1: That's insane. Wow. That is insane. They they both, each of them didn't, they, neither one of them shot well from the field, but they got the job done. Uh, Dinwoody had 12 points and 8 assists on 4 of 10, shooting in 22 he minutes. He is
0: a dark horse 6th man of the year candidate right now, the way really? he's been playing. He's averaging 14 points. He's top 3 in bench scoring right now.
1: Uh, maybe, but he, I feel like he... He, I feel like there's going to be a stretch in the season where he starts over Delo. Why? I just feel like Kenny, Kenny Atkinson is just that type of player. No, he didn't do
0: that last year. He only started him because, because Delo got, got injured. Hurt. Yeah. But I so, feel unless like,
1: there's an injury,
0: he's going to be a one. No, when Delo
1: came back, but then when he was started.
0: That's because they eased Delo back in. I
1: feel like if Delo goes on like a cool six to seven game stretch of bad play, he'll start Dinwiddie. Then it would have happened already. Tilo hasn't been that bad. Bad enough? Or not bad enough. In the beginning, of, man, it should have happened the
0: game after he threw the ball straight out of bounds to
1: lose. No, I'm talking about midseason. If he has a, some a long midseason stretch of struggles, then he did what he might start. Um, Alan Crab. Alan Crab has been really bad. Horrible. He's to be exact. He scored five points on two of nine shooting in twenty three minutes.
0: It seems like every game I look at the box score, everyone has these okay shooting and numbers. He, just, and he is either 0 for 11, 1 for 8, 2 for 15. Like, it is just horrid.
1: Yeah, he hasn't been able to get things going lately. Uh, after the game, Embiid said that it, it's not Golden State. We shouldn't lose a game to Brooklyn by that many points. It, it was def- I feel like it was definitely a jab at Brooklyn. But the Sixers have been a massive letdown this season, to be honest. So, for the Knights to beat them, it was a big thing. So,
0: what I'll say about that is everyone knows that the Sixers are better than the Nets. That is common knowledge. He's right about that. But they... They're 6-5. and They are not playing as well as they should. They are, at best, at best right now, the fifth best team in the East, at best right now, based on the way they're playing. They
1: were supposed to be the second seed behind the Celtics easily, and right now they're tied in record with the Hornets, and they're one game ahead of the Nets. One game ahead of the Nets, and he's talking crazy.
0: And I get that they're tired. It was the second game of a back-to-back, but to get blown out by 25, that is kind of awful. They they just turned the ball over too much. They didn't look like they wanted to play. That just should not happen, regardless of whether you're tired or not.
1: Uh, on to Phoenix. Which we called... I, I, I don't remember what we called it. When we, when we laid out their next, like, eight games, I don't remember. I think we called them losing to the Sixers and beating the Suns. Yeah. I think we called them losing to the Rockets.
0: No, I said beating the Rockets.
1: Well, they lost to the Rockets, so... <laughs> But they did win to the Suns, and we said they should win. We thought it was going to be a turnover showdown of at least 20 turnovers each team, but it wasn't. The Nets improved to 5-6 and six and now have won three of their last four games, also winning their first back-to-back games of the season. Woo! They beat the Suns 104-82. to Two straight blowout. blowouts. Yeah, two straight blowouts. They forced 20 turnovers compared to the 10 that they committed and out-rebounded the Suns 52-49. to the Nets shot 44.6% from the field and 25% from three, while the Sun shot 346 from the field and 36% from three. These last two games, the Nets have not been shooting well from three, but they've still been able to beat They're their opponents. They're
0: doing everything else right so that they can shoot bad, which... That's part of basketball. If you're going to go through a shooting slump, do everything else right. And if they could do that, that's how they're going to win.
1: They're forcing so many turnovers that they're negating their poor shooting, which is what they couldn't do in the preseason. Well, In the preseason and the beginning of the season when they were shooting 20% from the three-point yeah. line.
0: They were also turning the ball over 22 25 times. times. Exactly. So it was just bad all around, and then they would lose by 20, 30 points.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the Nets were able to get away with the poor three point shooting against a team like the Suns, but if they're going, they're going to have to clean it up if they want to be actual playoff contenders. Uh, they did a great job defensively on the Suns. They held Devin Booker to six of twenty one shooting, which is surprising because, like we say, they usually have trouble guarding guards. But they locked they locked up Devin Booker. Uh, they got they really got him frustrated in the cup in the first half. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had 15 and 13 on 6 and 17 shooting. Great defense so, on DeAndre Ayton, too.
0: Jared Allen is doing a good job.
1: There was, But I feel like some of it was DeAndre Ayton because watching the game, there was a ton of, like, m- wide-open mid-range jumpers he just shanked.
0: Yeah, I mean, Embiid was also off. So, I mean, Jared Allen still deserves credit because they shot poorly, but... They both of them were having off nights on the right day for the Nets. And Jared Allen isn't even playing that many minutes. So it's also credit to Ed Davis who
1: comes in. Ed Davis, by far, they're one of their best signings. Joe Harris is probably their best re-signing. But Ed Davis is a low one of the low-key pickups of the offseason. Yeah, off season. because
0: like, no one gives him credit for how good of a rebounder he is. He's probably top five rebounders in the league. If if he played as many minutes as big centers like Drummond and everything, he'd average 15 rebounds. It's just Easily, easily. It's just that he's not skilled at everything else that those guys are skilled at. That's why he doesn't get that many minutes. But rebound-wise, he's as good as the best.
1: Rashawn Holmes was really the only one on the Suns to have a good game. He went 6 or 7 from the field and scored 13 points to go along with 10 rebounds. On to the Nets. Old, reliable Joe Harris had one of his worst games, if not his worst game of the season. He scored 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting. He was 1 of 6 from the 3-point line in 28 minutes. He just didn't have it tonight. There was a point in the second quarter where me and Hunter were watching it, and he wide open 3 off a pass from And D-Low. it
0: rimmed out.
1: It, it rimmed out. We were, so, we were shocked. Mouthed open we were like what old
0: reliable does not miss open even the
1: commentators were like did he just miss a wide open three because people don't even expect that of Joe Harris I expect he'll bounce back in the next game to be honest
0: but even five of 11 isn't bad his efficiency even when it's bad is still good this year
1: Honestly, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, oh my. He went back to playing 12 minutes compared to Jared Dudley's 24. At this point, I don't, I don't understand what it is. And they still blew. They blew out the Suns. So it's not like if they would have lost, then you could have justified him. Like you could have said that they lost because he didn't play Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. But they blew out the Suns. So I, I, I don't know what goes through Kenny Atkinson's mind to play Rondé Hollis-Jefferson 12 minutes and Jared Dudley 24.
0: I believe that is coming to an end soon, but we've also been saying that for a while. We've been
1: saying that for at least the last five episodes. Uh, Jared Allen had 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists on 4 of 7 shooting in 24 minutes. And Alan Crabb, once again, continued to struggle. 3 of 12 from the field, 1 for 5 from 3 to finish with 7 points. But he also added, I'll give him credit this game, he added 7 rebounds and 3 offensive rebounds. Watching the game, even though he was off, he was struggling. I remember, I mean, he was hustling. I remember he shanked 2 decently easy layups and kept. he got at least 2 offensive rebounds in 1 possession alone.
0: And 3 of 12 is still awful. But, I mean, at least he made three shots. Exactly. (laughs) Instead of 0 for 7 or 1 for 9. But regardless, you want to shoot at least 40%. This was 25. 1 for 9 is 11%. He's just not making shots that he would make. Maybe his confidence is down now that he's on the bench and he was used to starting with them. Maybe his injury's not healed. There could be a number of reasons behind it. But if he continues to play this bad... I think he's going to lose rotation minutes to Shabazz Napier and Carruths when Carruths is healthy, because he was making use of his minutes efficiently when he was playing. So if Crab can't get it together, I think he's going to just keep losing minutes slowly.
1: Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had 12 points, five rebounds, and three assists on 5 of 7 shooting in 29 minutes.
0: That is another good game for him.
1: It's a oh yeah, it's a five of seven it's shooting. It's a good game. D'Lo had 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists on 6 of 15 shooting, but he went 1 for 6 from behind the arc in 26 minutes. So he's 2 for 12 in his last 2 games let's try and find from a game, the 3-point line.
0: Let's try and find one single game where he may, scores more points than shot attempts, please. That's 2 games, 36, breakout game. 36 points for 36 attempts. That is insane. He's that, been
1: cold from the 3-point line. He's actually. cold
0: overall. <laughs> He is a cold
1: basketball player, period. Ed Davis, I can't... No, hold on. I can't wait until D'Lo has a breakout performance just to shut you up. It's not happening. It's not. So, do He will have a couple of good What do you think is going to be a season high? Say it on the count of three. Three, two, one. (laughs) Forty-two. I said thirty-two. I said forty-two. So...
0: I think he'll crack 30. I don't think he's going to go crazy, but it's whatever. I think Karis LeVert might be higher. Karis LeVert
1: has, yeah, it might be, honestly. (laughs) Because Karis LeVert is more efficient inside the paint. Like, he barely misses layup. And
0: just. He's really efficient. So, you know, my opinion, he's also a better basketball player.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving on, Ed Davis had 9 points and 12 rebounds in 23 minutes. This is what we're talking about. He is also over-reliable. He's an over-reliable rebounder. (laughs) Oh, double over. He had 12 rebounds in 23 minutes, and Jared Allen had 9 and 24.
0: But that's not even bad. 9 and 24? No, I'm just
1: saying. But people think Jared Allen is an amazing rebounder. Look at Ed Davis. If he got big minutes, he could be... That's why there.
0: That's why they could compete with a big lineup because then you could just put Ed Davis at the four and go big.
1: Lastly, the man of the hour, Karis LeVert, had 26 points, five rebounds, and one assist on 10 of 16 shooting and at team high 32 minutes. He was also three of six from the three-point line.
0: This is a Brooklyn Baller of the Week type performance. He's on his way to his third one.
1: I, he is on his way to his third one. Unless... We, they've
0: got two more games of this week. Yeah, so
1: they have two more. They play. He, he's
0: got two chances to blow it or two chances to make it. But right now, out of these two games, he's got it. So
1: A crazy stat is that over the past, the Nets have forced 48 turnovers over the past two games and have forced 20-plus in consecutive games for the first time since the 2015-2016 season. Not only have they been forcing turnovers, they've been limiting them as well as they're the number two team in taking care of the ball over their last four games. Which
0: is crazy because they were the worst the team. Wor-
1: they averaged the most turnovers in the league two weeks ago. <laughs> and now over their past four games, they're second at taking care of it.
0: I don't know what. See, as much as I rag on Kenny Atkinson for this ridiculous rotation where he pulls D'Angelo Russell out of the game for no, no reason. And plays Jared Dudley 24 plays minutes. Jared Dudley all night long. <laughs> He plays the Jared Allen for 19 minutes when it's a closed game. Like, his rotations are absolutely horrible. However, he somehow got them to start taking care of the ball. So he did one thing right that was a huge part of the game. So if they can take care of the ball the whole season, that is a guarantee that they're a playoff team.
1: That's a big that's a big statement. That
0: that's the one thing. If they keep the turnovers down like this, they can shoot forty percent and thirty from three all day long and they're still gonna make the playoffs.
1: But do you think it it was such a big problem for them in the beginning of the season? I don't know if they'll be able to la if i if they'll be able to keep I want it up. to
0: say it will not last because D'Angelo Russell doesn't know how to hold the ball.
1: I don't. Think and it's Spencer Dinwiddie him,
0: also doesn't know how to hold the ball. There, I think Karis Lavert will get a hang of it as the season goes. on. There were on.
1: times when each of them had five, four, five yes, turnovers. Yes, no, but I
0: think Karis Levert is going to get a handle on it quicker because he's not used to having the ball in his hands that much. Well, what
1: makes you say that? Because it's not like Delos though in their nine turnovers. It's not like Delos the one that's putting up six and then they're putting up no. Yes, yes. All of them are playing extremely well right now.
0: But all of them are putting up a little. But it used to be so many because everyone would put up a little and D'Lo and Dinwiddie and Lavert would each have four. So why
1: is Lavert going to turn it, turn it around for good and D'Lo and because Dinwiddie now? Because he's
0: not used to being a point guard. He's not a point guard now, but his usage is high. So he's going to figure out how to hold the ball. Whether it's he has to shoot the ball, make an easy pass. D'Angelo Russell always has the ball in his hands. He just makes the wrong decisions.
1: Looking ahead, we the Nets needed, and I emphasize needed, these wins as their next two matchups are versus the 9-2 Nuggets and the 10-1 Warriors.
0: Okay. Both on the road. And it's a back-to-back.
1: And it's a back-to-back.
0: They are going to get completely smoked in both games. If they win one of them, I will be so happy and surprised. If they
1: win one of them, it's a win for the Nets. Yeah, they, it's a they need win to win
0: one Nets. of these two. They don't actually need it because they're expected to lose both of these games. But this is these two games are probably the hardest part of their schedule they will play the entire year. When do you play a 9-2 and, and a 10-1 and, and a back-to-back?
1: And they're both on the road. Neither one of them are at the Barclays. They have
0: to go from Denver... To Golden State Yeah
1: <laughs> Like it, what In a day And it's on the weekend And and they've gotten a break The Nets The last time they played Was what Tuesday They don't play again Until Friday Yeah So that's a three day break For them They're probably They might be rusty They have to play The 9-2 Nuggets Who are rolling and Well they,
0: The Nuggets did just lose to the, Grizzlies. to the Grizzlies Yeah but
1: the Grizzlies Are a better team Than
0: the Nets Arguable They're playing better Right now Okay
1: Oh, the Nets or the Grizzlies?
0: No, the Grizzlies yeah. are playing better right now. I, don't I mean, know if it's they're not. A I'm not
1: saying now. the Nuggets are unbeatable. They're clearly beatable. They lost to the Grizzlies and the Lakers, two iffy teams right now. Even though I think the Lakers would be much better than the Grizzlies, but the the Nuggets aren't impen. Their armor isn't impenetrable. I think the Nets, if they win one of these two games, it would be the Nuggets. I don't think there's a chance they, they beat could the- beat the Warriors. I don't know they could about beat the Warriors. that one. I don't think they, they have a chance. They almost
0: beat the Warriors last time they played. They came back and they were so close. They were two possessions away from winning that game. If if KD missed that one mid-range jumper that put them up four, the Nets would have had a chance to take the lead.
1: The Nets are currently the seventh seed in the East at five and six. And it'll be interesting to see if they'll sit there after this tough, tough upcoming two-game stretch. But if I had to give a set prediction now, I'd say they beat the Nuggets. Honestly, I want to say they lose both, but I'm going to have some faith and say they beat the Nuggets and lose to the Warriors.
0: I'm going backwards. I'm going they lose to the Nuggets and beat the Warriors.
1: Do you think they Do you think that the Nets are going to give the Warriors their second L of the season? Yes. That I is, don't
0: have any explanation for it.
1: You just calling it. <laughs> yeah. The thing that one thing that uh, the re, one of the reasons behind me thinking they're going to beat the Nuggets is they'll be getting someone Very crucial back in their lineup. Damari Carroll, well, hopefully they will be. Kenny Atkinson said he's hopeful that they'll get Damari Carroll back on Friday for the Nuggets.
0: One thing before we get into Damari Carroll, that Warriors game can go one of two ways. They they can either win a really close game, the Nets.
1: Or get blown out.
0: Or Klay Thompson could have seventy three points by the third quarter, and they could lose like the Bulls lost, that's and that would thing. be horrid. The to Nets watch. have been
1: playing good defense against guards over the past yes, two games, but so.
0: that's Stephen Clay. That's the best backcourt. I mean, it was Devin
1: Booker, but, but he is Devin six twenty one.
0: And if they let one of them get hot, it is game over. You cannot let them get hot. That's it. But and most of the time, in. that isn't
1: their call. They'll play good defense, def, half court shot, cash, and then that's what? true. He's on fire.
0: The Nuggets, you need to not let Jokic dominate. So that's on Jared Allen. I mean, they also
1: can't give up 48 to Jamal Murray.
0: Yeah. Jamal Murray is gaining enemies by the day. The
1: Nuggets have so many weapons. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barron, Will Jokic. Barron is
0: out, but yeah. Oh, okay. But Millsap. Millsap is still low-key good, and everyone forgets he's on the Nuggets. It's going to be tough. They're probably going to lose both, but tough if up. I had to pick one, I'm picking the Warriors game that they're going to win.
1: Back to Damari Carroll. They're hopefully to get him back on Friday. Do you think he's going to and When he comes back to the lineup, what role do you think he's going to play for the Nets? Okay,
0: so I believe that Kenny Atkinson should take the – Approach that the Raptors are taking right now where they go matchup-based and they rotate Siakam, Valanchunas, and Ibaka depending on matchup. And I think he should do that with Carroll, Hollis Jefferson.
1: Don't you dare say Jared Dudley.
0: No. Okay. I, I was going to say Ed Davis. Carroll, Hollis Jefferson, and Ed Davis. The only issue with that being that they don't have another backup center. I mean, so. they have Kenneth
1: Farid, but... So he's more of a powerful. I think
0: one acquisition they need to make is another big man so that they have the flexibility to start Ed Davis if it's a huge team, like let's say the Pistons, although they beat them last time. If you can match up with them or the Pelicans with Julius Randle and Anthony Davis or Miritich and Anthony Davis, and you can start these people, Ed Davis and Jared Allen next to each other for rebounds and defense it it would give them flexibility but I think due to how I see Atkinson treating Hollis Jefferson the lineup that's going to happen most frequently is Damari Carroll at the four
1: that's what I think I feel like that's the reason that if Jared Dudley keeps playing big minutes after Damari Carroll comes back then I don't know what's I don't know what's wrong
0: and at this point I think there's no more hope in Allen Crabb taking Joe Harris's spot and I don't think there's any hope in Joe Harris losing the starting job at all. The
1: funny thing is he over in the preseason, like before the season started, you called Alan Crabb was bad. Yeah. You knew he was bad.
0: I am not an Alan Crabb fan. I want them to I wanted but them I don't to think trade he's him. Bad. I just think he's he is okay at defense and he on offense, he's supposed to be a sharpshooter, and he is. He's playing really horribly. streaky. He, he is not shooting well at all right now.
1: I think that Damari Carroll's return, I think they're going to work him back slowly. To, they're going to work work him into the lineup and work Jared Allen, I mean, and work Jared Dudley out of the lineup. I think that they enjoy bringing Rondale Jefferson off the bench for now. They're going to give Damari Carroll the starting power forward spot, and that's going to basically make Jared Dudley useless, which is what I've been asking for the entire season.
0: One sneaky acquisition, like, you know how we were talking about. Players That we'd like the Nets to get Well the Cavs are tanking big time Tristan Thompson And I would really like to see the Nets get him So that they can bring him He's an amazing offensive
1: rebounder too
0: If the two of them played together Off the bench They would dominate the boards Or even you could start Ed Davis and then bring Tristan Thompson Off the bench That would just bring so much rebounding And versatility to the team but, but his contract is
1: hard to yeah. take on. His, so it's not tough. a contract the Nets would want to take on because they're trying to save money for but the offseason. But that's all-season.
0: just a player I would like to see them yeah. have for rebounding purposes and defense. Uh,
1: but, yeah, we the Nets are hopeful to get Caro back on Friday versus the Nuggets. I think they're going to win it. Hundred thinks they're going to lose it versus the Warriors on Saturday. I think they're going to lose. Hundred thinks they're going to win. We'll see when we record the next podcast. Next podcast should have... Both games and the Brooklyn Ball of the Week. If I had to predict who it would be now, Karis Levert. It's hard not to say Karis. If D'Lo has a great two still games, still no. If D- yes, no way. If D'Lo has a good two games, because
0: Karis is still gonna have a good enough game to not edge the gap, so it doesn't matter.
1: I'm gonna okay. Now that he since he said that D'Angelo Russell is gonna be the Brooklyn Ball of the Week, I'm calling it now. He's going to get his first, and he's going to stop making me look like a fool. So,
0: it's going to be a 3-0 lead, (laughs) and I'm not blowing a 3-0
1: lead, so... But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Like we said, we're on iTunes now. Go follow us. Look up Hoop-Ball Nets on iTunes or just look up Hoop-Ball Nets. Leave us a five-star rating and a review of the podcast. Every review is getting read just like we did in the beginning of the episode. If you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Stitcher. You can look up Hoop-Ball Nets or Brooklyn Nets. We come up either way. And uh, yeah, you can leave a review on that too. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to follow us on Twitter, the podcast Twitter is at Hootball Nets. Our individual Twitters, I'm at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N A J E E Adams underscore. Hunters at Hunter underscore JKR. That'll do it for this episode, guys. We'll see you next time.